Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day and welcome to Battle Ready. I'm so happy to be back with you. Uh, let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee, and I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Um, yeah. Did you have? Two, did, you ha did you have a good trip? Yeah, it was very good. Very good trip. Um, wonderful group. Um, and for those who don't know, you were in Medjugorje. I was in Medjugorje, and then I was in Italy for a few days. Uh, so the pilgrimage, you know, this is kind of the, the end of the pilgrimage season over there. I mean, I remember we were there once for, we were leaving on Halloween. Do you remember all the people processing past oh. the bus? Uh, you mean uh, for All Souls Day? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, the streets were clogged with people. We yeah. just couldn't even get so, through. We were there for that this year as well, but that was towards sort of the beginning of the pilgrimage. So we were, the, in fact, we were the last scheduled group of the English-speaking people anyway. And they kind of, kind of go into a little bit of a hibernation. There's people that trickle in on their own, but the groups are over. In fact, even the restaurants are stopping uh, serving lunch during the day uh, because they're all kind of going into this winter mode. Uh, if I had to label it with a theme, it would be Our Lady Made Haste. She's making haste. Oh, interesting. You know, uh, that scripture when she was going to visit Elizabeth, it says Mary made haste. And I feel like she's making haste. There was an urgency that I felt while I was there. And again, when we get in there, there's, it's a protected place. It is literally the place on the planet where heaven is kissing earth. We know that happens at the mass. It happens also at Medjugorje uh, just every day, all day long. It's heaven kissing earth. So it feels different to be there. And then when you leave, you immediately feel even more so the effects of evil in the world because it's such a jarring uh, mm, thing when you come out of it. Yeah. Uh, more than ever. I've never felt it so much as I did this time. Um, but yeah, she's making haste. Now, we also should read the message for the month because when you go, this is the message that you, you kind of are living in when you're there. And the message we had for this trip was, Dear children, the Most High permits me to be with you and to be joy for you and the way in hope because mankind has decided for death. That is why he sent me to keep instructing you that without God, you do not have a future. Little children, be instruments of love for all those who have not come to know the God of love. Witness joyfully your faith and do not lose hope in a change of the human heart. I am with you and I'm blessing you with my motherly blessing. Thank you for having responded to my call. So it's interesting. We got there and... We got there late. I mean, it was probably 7.30, 8 o'clock at night by the time we arrived, and we just had a little food and went to bed. Um, woke up the next day. I went 
over to get my register that I was a priest, and uh, I bumped into Nancy, Castle Nancy. Yeah. And she said, uh, she says, oh, Father, please come by my home tonight. We're having an apparition. I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just such a different place. How many times do you go through life? Do you hear you bump into somebody mm. and they say, "Oh, come by my house today. We're having an apparition of the blessed." Come by Mother. my castle. <laughs> come by my castle tonight. Um, so we did, and I was right up front because she puts the priest right up the front there, um, and it was wonderful, beautiful evening. Um, and who was the apparition to? Uh, Which visionary? <clears throat> Uh, the blonde-haired lady. Miriana? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't Visca. And the, the other one's in Italy, right? Maria's in Italy. Yeah, so it was her. Um, and she... Uh, well, that was beautiful. Yeah, and it was hope-filled. And, you know, it had... Uh, uh, she blessed everybody and the priests and all that. Um, so that was good. Now, the group was arriving that, that evening... And some of them heard about the apparition, and they w went straight from the bus into cab straight over to the castle, even not having ever been to the castle. Uh, among them were uh, Camille and Gretchen, uh, part of the Wallover family, and the baby, little Josephina. But they had just missed it. as When the apparition ended, that's when they kind of arrived. So they felt a little bit uh, sad to have missed it. But... You know, I said, you know, the message she appeared. You were in Medjugorje. You were practically in Medjugorje when she when she appeared. Just because you weren't at the castle, that shouldn't really make much of a difference. Uh, and again, it was like right away these pilgrims were making haste, rushing, you know, to get to this castle for this apparition. And that was kind of what I would take as the theme. We're, we there's an urgency to get ready. And of course, then I get back here to my parish and. We're, you know, we're right into the apocalyptic scriptures, you know, this weekend, today, this morning, we're in Revelation, um, and it's it's all about um, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? And I really feel like people aren't ready. There's just so many people who don't really think that this is worth taking serious. Um, you know, it's, it's an odd thing. When you consider probably 80% of Catholics don't go to Sunday Mass on a regular basis. That They're all living in mortal sin, that means. And that means if they were to be called, if they died today, that I think the judgment would be rather difficult. So we have to be praying for all these people who have gone a different path. You know, in today's uh, readings this morning, from that first reading, it said, you have lost the love you had at first. You have lost the love you had at first. Um, I think that's that's true for a lot of the church. The church has been preoccupied with things that are not about saving souls. And that, that's the first mission of the church, is to save souls. And then this this crazy synod that's been going on. I All I ever hear about the synod is the most ridiculous and horrifying things that I can't believe this is coming from the church. Do you hear any of this stuff? Hello? Well, I'm guessing we lost mom. Uh, I hope I'm still on the air. <laughs> we'll see. At any rate, um, well, let's see if I can ring her back. 
we'll see if we can get her back on the air. Uh, at any rate, the Synod is driving me crazy because we just keep hearing more and more oddities about this. Um, and the most recent that I've heard is, um, well, one of the interesting things is there's a bishop called Bishop Robert Mutzerts. He's from the Netherlands. He just published a statement about the Synod and had this to say. He said, uh, God is out of the picture in this vile synodal process. He's out of the picture. He said, the Holy Spirit has absolutely nothing to do with it. He said, among the protagonists of this process are, to me, a few too many defenders of gay marriage, folks who don't really think abortion is a problem, and never really show themselves defenders of the church's rich creed, wanting above all to be liked by their secular surroundings. Cardinal Muller said it was a hostile takeover of the church of Jesus Christ and invites Catholics to resist comparing the current church crisis with that of the 4th century Arian crisis of heresy. So I, I don't know what's happening. It's been very odd. To well, Dan, your mother is back on the line with you now. Okay. Yeah, Welcome back. What would you do? My computer just crashed. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. Little so I was just talking... I was just talking about the, the Synod. Have you heard of the stuff coming out of there? Yes. I mean, it's it really is alarming. Uh, it and is finally, awesome. I was just saying how finally one of the bishops left it and said, I'm done with it. It's not of God. Um, and the Holy Spirit is has nothing to do with the Synod. So the church is in uh, having a bit of a crisis moment. And uh, this, in light of all these apocalyptical scriptures that we have during this this time of year when we come to the closing of the year, of course, in less than two weeks, it will be Advent, uh, which begins the new year. So there's much to pray about. There's much to ponder. Um, I know Our Lady, uh, in a very specific way, let me read you a message from 2007, which is one of the more inspiring messages that I've, I remember hearing. She says, Dear children, also today, with great joy in my heart, I call you to conversion. Little children, do not forget that you are all important in this great plan, which God leads through Medjugorje. God desires to convert the entire world and to call it to salvation and to the way towards himself, who is the beginning and the end of every being. In a special way, little children, from the depth of my heart, I call you all to open yourselves to this great grace that God gives you through my presence here. I desire to thank each of you for the sacrifices and prayers. I am with you and I bless you. Thank you for having responded to my call. Um, again, she just said this recently about we are all important in this great plan. This plan, it, God is designed to convert the whole world through Medjugorje. Can you, that's what she's saying here. Um, well, as you said, in all the darkness that we see around us, both political and even in the church, um, all the darkness, there's a beacon of hope shining for us, and it's Our Lady in Medjugorje and all of her messages. And there are so many. Uh, it's just a beacon of hope in all the darkness. Yeah. 
And, and she also said to, she thanks us for our prayers and our penances. So, you know, keep up your prayers, keep up your penances. My my prayer should change you. If your prayer isn't changing you, then you need to change the way you pray. So I notice for myself, I used to come over to the church at six in the morning and I'd have a holy hour from six to seven and then go into the confessional at 7.15. But um, now I'm, I'm starting to come over a half hour earlier because I feel like there's we need more prayer. And I know if I wait till later in the day, sometimes it doesn't happen. You know, most people don't know this, but parish priests, the life, there's, very, there's a very loose schedule, very loose. Because at any moment the phone could ring and somebody could be dying at the hospital or at hospice or uh, a possessed person from the, those who do exorcisms. Uh, those people need immediate help. You can't put them off and say, oh, I'll see you next week. What you're saying is I'm going to let the devil torment you for another week. You can't do that. You have to see him as soon as you can. So life is always evolving and changing when you're a diocesan priest and uh, you go with, you just roll with the punches. But so that's why in the morning, I, 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 I'm pretty sure, unless there's, again, if somebody dying, uh, that time between 5.30 and 7 is pretty protected. You know, in most cases, it doesn't get interrupted. Uh, so I, I feel like I need to be praying more. So I'm sure you, everyone listening, feels the same way. How can you not be praying more when you when you turn on the news, when you listen to the, the things coming out of this synod, when you read the scriptures? You know, these scriptures, they're living. They're a living word. So when we hear this message proclaimed this morning, 2,000 years later, this is for us. These words should penetrate our hearts. You know, I have a deep felt sadness over what's happening in both the church and the world and it's it's a struggle to be joyful some days when you hear all these horrible things um and it just you know she says in these messages that she wants to be our joy and that makes sense to me because sometimes it's hard to muster the joy when there's so much craziness happening and yet well in that message that you read and in just about all of her messages, she says that we need to do prayers and penances. That, that to me, means that we are part of the solution here. We have a role to play, and yeah, she's giving us this. I mean, that's, that's very exciting to think that uh, we can have a part in bringing the kingdom to earth, uh, which is so needed. As you said, you know, when you're in Medjugorje, everything is so filled with prayer, and so beautiful over there. There's no discord. And and then when you come back to the world, like you say, it's the jolt. Um, we, we're working towards getting where the whole world is like Medjugorje. And, and our, uh, our, little, our little prayers and penance matter. They matter, but, you know, truth be told, the world is nothing like Medjugorje right now. Um, no. So... Uh, yeah, this is yeah. The prayer is so desperately needed. Uh, she can work with a, a remnant, but you know it. It does cause me a, a bit of worry for the, all these people who are so far away. Um, how we're ever going to get them back, I don't know. But you know, that's I suppose that's up to the Lord. He can do it. He says no, he can do anything. I know. I know that no prayer is ever wasted. So if you're yeah, praying for somebody far away, that prayer is not wasted. God uses everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, so all in all, wonderful trip. The people, this was an exceptional group. I mean, uh, sometimes on pilgrimages you have, usually I would say there's there's at least one person who's particularly needy and um, wounded, and and you can sometimes draw maybe 80% of the priest's time uh, on that one person because of this, they're so needy. Uh, There was nobody on the trip like that. Everybody was... um, really joyful, really uh, excited to be there. Most people had not been there. So it was a new experience for most of the, yeah, almost the whole trip. Um, And I met some people from other states who were uh, relatives of other people, like Agnes, um, who was so delightful. And um, uh, just a wonderful group of people. And um, so they'll always, they're all going to, Everyone who's ever been on any pilgrimage with me, you, you get prayed for every day by me, every single day for the rest of my life. So now all these wonderful people are in that bucket as well. And happy to do it. I'm, I'm in awe of the mother who brought her uh, in, uh, was a 15 month old child with her. Yeah, our you youngest know, pilgrim, as, 15 months, uh, and, Josephina. And, and they did very well. Yeah, and tomorrow. Uh, on this broadcast will be that woman, Camille, the mother of the of the baby, uh, and her sister Gretchen. Um, they're going to talk about their experience on the on the pilgrimage. And can you get closer to the phone? You're you're coming out mumbled. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but it's still not great. It's because <laughs> we do the best we can. Um, so yeah, she's trying to find a way to hide herself from her uh, children, who will be banging on the door when she tries to do the broadcast. So we'll see what happens. Um, so that's that. We'll talk more tomorrow. Firsthand experience from two of the pilgrims. Uh, today, I wanted to go into a little bit about Christ the King because this coming Sunday is our last Sunday in ordinary time, and it is a great solemnity—the solemnity of. Uh, Christ the King, uh, the King of the Universe. I would say to everybody listening, you should put a little shrine or throne in your home for Jesus as the King. Um, I, I just feel like it would be a good protection for for the days ahead. I feel like the darkness is getting going to get worse, and it, it's important to make sure your home is a sanctuary. Of, uh, of, and a refuge really from the world. So uh, everybody, you have a week's time to put together a little altar, a little shrine in your home dedicated to Jesus Christ, the King, and make him the king of your home and call your relatives and tell them to do the same thing. It's important. What would you put uh, on the door to make Christ the King? Well, if you have a statue of the King, which probably most people wouldn't, but certainly the crucifix, if you have a standing crucifix, you can print out a picture of Christ the King and frame it and put the framed picture on the little uh, altar. Uh, I would have a candle. I would have uh, something dedicated to Our Lady, either a statue, a picture, certainly a rosary. Um, You know, when... If Jesus were to come, let's say the Holy Family wanted to visit your home. Remember what he said to Zacchaeus? Oh, salvation has come to this home today. Uh, Invite me in, Zacchaeus. Now, what if Jesus appeared and said, let me come visit your home? I think half the people, if not more, would be like, ah, it's really not ready to to be viewed. Give me a little time to clean it up. 
Well, do use this time to clean up your home. Get the stuff out of there that doesn't belong there. You know, I'm not even, I would hope nobody has any kind of uh, paraphernalia of Wicca or witchcraft. That has to go. Dream catchers are also occult paraphernalia. So if you have a dream catcher, get rid of it. I would say douse it in holy water and throw it out. Um, get rid of anything that's ghoulish or uh, gives glory to the dead. You know, in a lot of the kids' bedrooms, when I go to bless a home, there's all sorts of horrible posters, you know, of just death, things related to death. Get that out of your house. And when imagine Jesus walking in your house. Would he see members of his family? Would he see a statue of Our Lady? Would he see a statue of St. Joseph? Would he see the Holy Family? Would he see images of saints and angels? This is his true family. So that's what you want in your home. That's and when you do that, you're you're in a way making a clear message not only to heaven that this is my true family, but you're letting the devil know this is my family. I want nothing to do with you. And they, there's actual a protection in the sacramentals that comes through our faith. So this would be something to do in the next week for those who are listening. Your home is very uh, beautifully adorned with many of the saints and angels. My my home is pretty much adorned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the devil yes. would fear to tread anywhere near your home. Yes. With the gallons uh, of holy water. And... When, I have, when I have people come in who really aren't into their faith, I don't know what they think. They never say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember years ago when Monsignor, um, what was his name from uh, Mariches? Monsignor. He died. He was in Great Neck. Oh, um, yes. Um, McDonald. McDonald. He came up for dinner one day and he walked in and he went, oh my goodness, you really are Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's true, yes. you can go to a lot of people's homes who are, you know, in the church, and you really don't see anything, not nothing, related to Catholics. Some of them have been... When we moved back here, um, and I was unpacking, uh, I, you know, it is when you move and you're very unsettled, everything. And when I got the things up on the wall, the pictures of Mary and Jesus, crosses up and everything, then I felt like I was home. Okay, good. I'm here. They're here. We're good. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't matter to me the furniture and everything else. Once my friends were here, we were good. And so, so this, I, I, let's talk about the kingdom because it's a wonderful topic. About the what? The kingdom as Christ the king. Yeah. Because he's a different kind of a king, you know. He's, his uh, throne is a cross, and it's a crown oh. of thorns, so he's a yeah. very different kind of king. Well, but no, in heaven, his kingdom is as a king. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when he's coming back. He's coming back as that, that, that uh, in that mode, that modality as king, and judge. He's the one who is mm -hmm. going to do the judging, and he's going to come in glory, not in, in, hidden like he did the first time. So this was established, um, for the because. The world was encroaching in on the church, basically. You know, this feast was set up um, 
and it's fairly recent, right? Um, I think in the early 1900s. Yeah, I looked it up this morning. 1925. Uh, What was going on in 1925? World War I had just ended. Had just ended, okay. And, you know, there was uh, Fatima. Fatima had warned that if you don't change, there'll be another world war. Certainly, the Pope would be (laughs) attuned to that message. So he was trying to reorient the Christians of the world back to the true king, that is Jesus, and away from all of the uh, pagan gods that were creeping into society, which had he had uh, the eyes to see a hundred years ahead, you know, into 2023 or 22, uh, I think the Pope would have not believed what he would say. The way that the the world is so different in just a hundred years and how people's time is so occupied by everything but God. That's really the truth. The time, and you know, it goes with everything. I just was saying this to somebody recently. How is it that when I was voting in elections years ago, when, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties, um, they were paper, I believe, and they were counted the same day. Oh, so yeah. all this technology, all of this, you know, knowledge that's supposed to make our life streamlined and easier, and now elections take weeks to figure out. You know, there's know. something wrong that's with huge. that. Don't you agree? Yes, I do. I do. We've, um, we've complicated it, everything. Yeah, there's something wrong with the whole system. Um, I have a message here from Medjugorje about Jesus the King. Oh, good. Shall I read it to you? Yeah. Yeah. November 25th, 2007. Dear children, today when you celebrate Christ, the King of all that is created, I desire for him to be the King of your lives. Only through giving, little children, can you comprehend the gift of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for each of you. Little children, give unto God that he may transform you and fill you with his grace so that you may be a grace for others. For you, little children, I am a gift of grace and love. Come from God for this peaceless world. Thank you for having responded to my call. And, of course, Mary is the mother of the king, which makes her the queen mother. Yeah. Yeah. So this is your project for the week, you know, uh, set up little thrones for the king uh invite your kids and grandkids to get involved be important that they know this is important um and that they know who the true king is it would be interesting to ask kids who is the real king of the world and see what they say all right we're out of time uh thank you for being back on mom happy to be here and good luck with your computer And let me give you my blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off.